0: Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello! Hello! And welcome! Question mark. (laughs) We've now been trying for an hour to record this episode.
1: Yeah, my laptop is not enjoying it, and I am not enjoying my laptop.
0: Yeah. We're already late in getting this episode out because of our scheduling conflicts and now the stupid technology is getting in our way.
1: Yeah. Yay. So this better work. So this is like (laughs) the sixth time, yeah, probably more, that we've tried to record this. We've
0: lost count at this point. (laughs) Yes.
1: But hopefully this one just keeps going and we don't have any mess ups. We don't have any pop ups. We don't have nothing. Yeah, hopefully. Everything is fine. Okay, so I'm Janica. Oh, I'm Abigail, by the way. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome
0: to Roadside.
1: Welcome to Roadside. <laughs> what an intro that was. Oh, yeah. Super fun. I'm so glad that we can be so happy for you all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, instead of at the point I'm about to throw computers out the oh, window.
1: Literally. <laughs> mm. to throw my microphone at the computer.
0: <sighs> we need a little... um little some crystals around your laptop right now to just Seriously. Surrender me now. Too bad I've already packed away most of my crystals. Ah man.
1: I know. Not cool. Today we are going to talk about part two of the Velisca Axe Murders. This time will not be as gruesome as the last time. Thank goodness. Yeah. This is mostly we're gonna be talking about like theories and who done it and
0: Okay. Stuff like that. I can that. handle that. I can handle that.
1: Okay, cool. But first, before we get into it, how are you? How is your life? How is your week?
0: Good. I know that I've said that I do HR, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I've ever said that I work in the fashion industry. You do. I do. Very recently, but you do. I do. Well, it's been eight months already. Oh, really? I didn't realize it had been that long. I mean, I've been in HR for many, many years, but right. at this, I've only been there a short period of time. But we get to have sample sales as part of our perk. That is exciting. So, for about an hour and a half today at
1: work, I got to go shopping. That is just, that sounds so awesome.
0: I you know. That's I've got some shoes. I got some clothes. Oh. I was texting. My sister-in-law and saying, what do you think of this outfit? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mom was texting Sweet. me about
1: potentially getting me a duvet for my new apartment.
0: Yes, I did take some pictures I do need to send to you. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that Be you excited. don't like any of them. I don't yeah. know that they're your stuff. It, we kind of get limited on what what what's in each sample sale every right. quarter. So
1: yeah, I'll send them to totally you. you can it. tell me if you like them. Well, yeah. well, we'll try it out.
0: Okay. So what's been Go on. going on in your world?
1: Packing, um, work, sleep, and then more packing, and pretty much goes on and on. Although I did get some partying in this weekend, so that
0: was good. Oh, nice. Yes. What did I do this weekend? Oh, I met with a friend of mine who is recording a music video. Ooh. And he has asked me to be in the music video. Obviously. He also wants a bunch of extras, so we need to find some extras. So if you're in the St. Louis area... Email us if you want to be an extra because yeah. we we need extras to be in this. Probably about twenty to thirty people. That's exciting. That's what I did this weekend is we met to go over like the storyboard of the video. So that was nice. kind of fun.
1: That's exciting. I'm excited to watch it when it's when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. My life is not as exciting. <laughs> I'm just It will be because you're moving in together. It
0: will be. I'm very excited.
1: Yes. But I just hate the packing.
0: I know, the packing sucks, the unpacking sucks too, but I'll be there to help with the unpacking part. Yes, and that'll be good. And the boys will, will, will be that. too. Yes,
1: I'll be happy to see them. Yeah. Boys to be here
0: so I can show them around. Yes, that'll be exciting. Go shopping. And do, yes, I want to do some shopping. I want to go to like some of the little like yeah. thrift, uh, antique, whatever yeah, shops. Yeah, because we were going
1: to last time. When you were in town, yeah, it, like, last week. And it fucking snowed. Yeah,
0: It was snowing when was I walked snowing. out that morning. So I said, yeah. screw this, we're going to breakfast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not used to this weather yet. Yeah. Me neither, even though I've been here several years.
0: <laughs> yeah, well.
1: <sighs>
0: it is, um, it is. And it's, it's amazing how different the weather is just three hours apart.
1: Yeah. I know. Because it was not snowing
0: where I live, and it yeah. was snowing where you live.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was.
0: We do have some business to cover.
1: We do. Bum, bum, bum. You guys are in trouble.
0: <laughs> They're yeah. not in trouble. You and I are in trouble. You and me? You and I are the ones that are in trouble here. Oh, shit. We are in trouble for saying things like, um, <sighs> like. I know. All the time.
1: <laughs> No matter what, I'm so used to it.
0: In editing, I've gotten very good audio editing, I think, in cutting out a lot of that. There yeah. is probably still some of it because it's hard to do it when it's like a very run-on situation. Right. Now that we're on YouTube, it's a little bit harder to edit video and to edit out the ums, likes, likes. So is all, all of those yeah. filler words.
1: And I know that I am partly to blame because I do it all the time.
0: Abigail and I are going to start trying to tell each other not to use filler words. And her boyfriend, Ryan, has suggested that we speak a little slower in order to catch ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think that is a good idea. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes also I do find myself rambling sometimes on the podcast.
0: Well, when we get into our little things, like there, there's no stopping that. You yeah,
1: know, no, no. <laughs> there's we no stopping that can't stuff. Stop two women who are interested in a conversation <laughs> with each other.
0: But when we are having, when we are giving like the history and we're kind of like looking at our notes and stuff, I think those are the times maybe we need to pause ourselves yeah. a little bit and focus, you know.
1: <laughs> if I'm looking through my notes finding the next thing that I'm going to say, I
0: don't know what to say in that brief pause, so I'm like, "Um, hold on a minute, let me find my notes." And and we don't have to say anything. Yeah. And I'll tell you why because on video, it doesn't matter if you're silent for a couple seconds. Because people are watching you and so they can see like your expression and all of that stuff. But on audio, if we're just paused and we're not saying anything, I can just cut that out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. But I understand like the human instinct is to say, um, uh, you know, so that we want to fill that void.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The awkwardness.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: We're going to stop ourselves.
0: I'm going to get out my reading glasses again because I have other business too.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: First, we're sorry for making you guys wait a little bit extra longer for this episode. As we said, we're a little bit behind. We had some scheduling conflicts and then of this all technology crap getting in our way. Yeah. However, the positive of that, you've had to wait longer for this episode, but now it's going to be like super fast till the next one.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. Yeah. So there you go. That's just like your bonus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are just so generous to be doing this. So generous that you don't have to wait a full week to get to the next episode. You're so welcome, guys. Just smacked my wine glass with my ring. Oh, fun times. I do want to tell all of our listeners... How much I love you. Yes. I love you serious, so much that I spent three hours on a Saturday night deleting everything off of my computer. And I do mean everything. Well, not deleting, moving it to an external hard drive because I did not have enough space in order to upgrade my computer. So I had to move everything to an external hard drive. Then I could upgrade in order to be able to get us on YouTube. So we're on YouTube officially now. Yay, with our- finally.
1: <laughs> After all of that trouble.
0: Episode but- 20, 21, and 22 are all on YouTube.
1: Awesome. But let's all give a, a round of applause for mom for doing so great and working so hard. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Thank sure you. so does everybody else.
0: I hope so. Don't you should not how I planned to spend Saturday night because normally my Saturday nights are filled with binge watching TV. So you know, yeah. (laughs) But she cares about us so much. I do. She does. If you have not listened to episode twenty two, go back and listen to episode twenty two because we gave you a little teaser on what our bonus episodes are all about. We did. And so on that one we did the world's deepest shipwreck. Yeah, and it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I purposely did that to Abigail because she has submechnophobia. I had to look it up. Huh? Submechnophobia is the fear of submerged human made objects. So you have submechnophobia.
1: Submechnophobia. It's a thing.
0: Wow. I thought I was just being dramatic. <laughs> it was like 12% of humans have that. I mean, it's terrifying. I don't like seeing that. Some people are really like, get like super anxious and nauseous and stuff. I had no idea. So I apologize. I feel like I was kind of rude. It was like, oh, she has a literal phobia. It's okay. I don't think it's like, I don't know how bad yours is compared to like some of them that they were talking right, about. I think
1: it, I don't think that I would call it a phobia even It's just like a creepiness, you know? It's not to any type of extreme where it derails my life or makes me feel different on a daily basis or anything. Okay. Although, when I was scrolling through TikTok, through my account on TikTok, my For You page, (laughs) I scrolled and I saw that you had posted on the roadside account and I saw like the first picture that popped up, which was just like a picture of the boat. Yes. And I was like, okay, I know what this is. (laughs) I know what if I scroll through these, I know what I'm going to find. So I said, okay, pause. I'm going to hit the like button. And then I'm going to scroll past. And then (laughs) I just...
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if you would do that. Because I think the second photo is the one where I put the torpedoes with all the stuff growing on it.
1: No, I didn't
0: want to see it. I was—I just wanted to scroll by. Uh, we're 14 minutes in already, so I just want to get through some shit. We got a lot of other stuff to cover here. Do we really? Uh, we'll do it at the end. How about that? Okay. Before we get into this episode, uh, if you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash roadside. And this week's bonus episode, we're going to start telling you what it is. Yeah, we're going to start telling you them. Um... This week's bonus episode, patrons only, is the smallest cemetery in Indiana. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm excited about it. So if you want to hear that, go to patreon.com slash roadside. And now, business done. We'll give you all of our socials at the end.
1: We talked about the Velisca axe murders last time. Brief, very brief overview. In the Velisca axe murders, one strange man.
0: Do we need a trigger warning before this? Okay, go for it.
1: In Villisca, Iowa, the Moore family of six was sleeping in their house, and they had two girls, the Stillinger girls, Lena and Ina Stillinger, over at their house that night. And a strange man, still nobody knows who it is, came into the house, took the axe out of the backyard, and, you know, murdered all of them. (sighs) Yeah. So... That is unfortunate. And we went over all the details yeah. all the details last time, so I'm not going to go over them again.
0: It was rough. If you have not listened to it and you want to hear it all, go Goes back and listen it. to it.
1: Because I don't want to repeat it. Thanks.
0: Yeah, And I don't want to re-listen to it. Thanks. Yes.
1: In this part, we are going to discuss the town post-murders. We are going to talk about theories. We're going to talk about who people thought did it. But we're not really going to talk about any of the gross, gruesome stuff, really. We're just okay. going to talk about theories and such. Okay. So, first up, we're going to talk about the town after the murders because it was an absolute shit show. The whole town was riled up. Like we said in the last episode, there were people trampling all over the Moors' home. That Even though it was, you know, an active crime scene. But also, the police didn't do the bestest job of like, blocking it off.
0: No, they didn't. You're right. Yeah.
1: But still, like, these people are your neighbors, you know, you went to church with them, you were friends with them, and you're, like, trampling all over the lives that they just lost. I mean, did
0: they have no fucking respect for these people? Apparently not. It was just, like, a freak sideshow for them to invade their house?
1: Yeah. The crime scene was basically trampled over... They couldn't really get a whole lot of physical evidence because of that. But we talked about the crime scene in the last episode. Yeah. Like I said, tons of people showed up from to the house, even from out of town. People came in just to, like, see the house. What the fuck? All the hotels in the area were fully booked within two days after the bodies were found. Oh, my God. I know. And then people were also freaking out because there's a murderer on the loose. Nobody knows who did this.
0: Right. I think I'd be more concerned about some guy running around with an axe than like, oh, yeah. let's go see the house that it happened in.
1: Yeah. Well, people were concerned about that. So hardware stores okay. um, were selling like locks. They sold out, basically. Mm. People were buying a lot of guns. People were taking turns like staying up throughout the night to keep watch. Oh, okay. okay. So, oh, like, one person good. would sleep and one person would stay up. Right. So there was a lot of like panic going around. And with panic comes... Theorizing, which we'll get into. Yes, people came up with some ridiculous theories. June twelfth, nineteen twelve, the memorial for the Moors and the Stillinger girls was held.
0: Um, <laughs> I know it's so hard.
1: It's so hard. Uh, fuck! <laughs> it just didn't
0: I believe in that one. In.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: This episode, I swear to God.
1: This episode is going to drive us insane.
0: <laughs> so many things happen here.
1: Everything's going wrong, but it's okay. We're going to power through.
0: We are. We are.
1: We have. But we
0: look, look gorgeous. So let's we continue. Okay.
1: All right. Anyway. <laughs> so June 12th, 1912 was the memorial for the entire Moore family and Lena and Ina Stillinger. The bodies were brought to the fire station in their coffins, where their coffins were lined up and displayed for people to come visit, pay their respects. The coffins were not open. They were closed.
0: Thank God. God.
1: The mayor actually completely shut down the town that day. He ordered all the businesses to close for the day in order to go show respect for the Moors and the Stillinger's. Which, you know, good for him. Yeah, that's
0: good. Yes, absolutely. That's
1: that's something good for the town. Yes. So we're going to start to get into the investigation a little bit. Okay. The investigators began looking back to the day before the murders to see if they could find anything out of the ordinary, see if anybody saw anything, anyone lurking around, you know. Right. Which one strange thing, people in town said there were a lot of salesmen and peddlers in town going door to door selling stuff.
0: Just that day?
1: Yeah, just that day. was. They said there was a lot. There was two wallpaper cleaners in town going house to house. Another huh. man tried to sell something to Sarah Moore's sister that day. And Sarah said that she saw the same man pass by the Moore home a couple of times that day.
0: Weird. Okay. Yeah. To re-go back to the first one, because if somebody didn't listen to it, this was the day before, mm-hmm. and then the day of is also when the electric company turned off all the power to the entire town.
1: Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. The night that it happened, there was no power, or no no power to the street lamps.
0: Street lamps. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: Just the street lamps, basically. I
0: remember that now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead.
1: We're going to look into a couple different people, a couple different suspects, I guess we could say. dun. Dun, dun bum 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 sorry i'm trying to i'm i'm doing this a little bit out of order than how i took it how i wrote it down so the first person we are going to talk about no i can't talk about him yet because i have to talk about him after i talk about the other guy okay we're <laughs> just going from the we're just gonna go from the start that's we're usually go the best how go. I wrote it. what oh okay
0: i was gonna say that's usually the best way to go is from the start
1: Yeah, I just, I forgot that in that part I mentioned one of the other guys.
0: Ah, okay. we have to talk about
1: him first before I talk about him. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, we're going to talk about some of the theories, who people in the town thought did it, um, who authorities thought did it, and their reasons for it. So, the first and most ridiculous. Most ridiculous. (laughs) Most
0: ridiculous, okay.
1: Remember the nice, sweet old lady neighbor, Mary Peckham?
0: Yeah, the one that, like, first went to go
1: check on them. They thought that she did it. Some people thought she did it because it was weird that she didn't hear anything in the house the night of.
0: But these houses weren't, like, subdivisions today where they're five feet away from each other.
1: Apparently they were pretty
0: close. Oh, okay. However... But how close? Huh? How close? I don't know. I don't know the
1: exact measurements. But... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I need you to go do that right now.
1: Okay, whenever we go visit the house, we will measure okay. how far away they
0: are. And we'll report back.
1: Yes, we'll report back to you guys. Okay. People. So people thought it was weird she didn't hear anything. The windows, her windows were apparently open that night. People said that she should have heard something. Especially him swinging the axe and, like, hitting the ceiling <sighs> multiple times. Oh, yeah. But others... Well, continue.
0: I... No, you continue. I'll give my thoughts after you give me that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have thoughts right now.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, But other people think, well, she wouldn't have heard anything. There was no screaming coming from the house because everyone was killed fairly quickly. Right. And even if she did hear some loud noise outside of her house, Mary was an older lady. You know, she wasn't going to go outside and protect her property or like, I think she was the only one that lived there. I think she would have just been like, oh, yeah, there's a loud noise outside. Maybe it was just, I don't know, someone chopping wood or something. And then she would have gone back to sleep. If any of us heard, like, some noise outside in the middle of the night, we'd just be like, okay.
0: I mean, I hear my neighbor sometimes in the middle of the night because she's a bartender. Yeah. And so now one time I did, I did get up. You were there. I was there that night. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but... I live fairly close to my neighbor and I could hear like music and talking and stuff like that sometimes. But I'm just envisioning them being further apart. But maybe I guess windows are open. I don't know. I I don't think she did it. I'm just saying I could understand why people say
1: I can understand that too. She should
0: have heard something. Yeah.
1: But once I heard like what people said about her and she went and did their chores, you know. Oh, remember she did her chores whenever they
0: didn't get up? Yes, I do remember that. I forgot about that. Yes, she did. That was Mary. I mean, who's going to go kill eight people and then decide, I'm going to do their chores now? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Everyone said that she was like the sweet old grandma, and she really cared about the Moore's children. She was a really good neighbor. After the murders, people said she was just absolutely traumatized. Hmm. She was so upset, and she actually passed away only a few months after the murders. Oh, my gosh. In her obituary, um, it kind of gives an explanation of the last few months of her life. Even before the murders, she wasn't super healthy. Right. She wasn't at her peak health. She was a little bit older. She was known to be pretty anxious. But after the murders, she had a nervous breakdown because of it. And it caused her health to decline. I bet. So her family sent her... Out to Montana to stay with like her children, oh, and seek help out there medically, but unfortunately, she did pass away a few
0: months after the murders. Oh, I know. I can't imagine that at all.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: I, I have a nervous breakdown it, it, in that situation. I mean, I'm not close to any of my neighbors, but back then in such a small town, like oh, mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. And
1: even just yeah. even. If you don't know your neighbors, just the thought that like somebody was right next door doing that while I was sleeping—yeah, that could have been her. That's terrifying, exactly. Yes, I would uh, be.
0: I'd be. I'd probably be moving out. I'd probably
1: also be a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that one was the most ridiculous one, in my opinion. Okay. Because Mary Peckham is just a sweet old lady, right? And I love her, and I'm she's my hero.
0: And I haven't heard the others yet, but I'm going to say, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous
1: pretty ridiculous. The next person we are going to talk about is a preacher. Okay. Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly.
0: He was very creepy. He has a lot of names.
1: He does. Um, We're going to call him just Kelly, but he was super creepy. His parents were from britain so he had a, a british accent everybody in villisca knew him because they were like oh my gosh he has a british accent like so so unusual <laughs> you know we <laughs> yes. don't love this guy we don't okay we don't love this guy He's, we I don't like this him. guy but yeah, you know like okay. back then if there was someone around that had like a, a different accent it was, it was big deal you know everybody knew him
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: even though he actually lived 40 miles away in a different town Oh, okay. But he was a traveling preacher, so he traveled around the surrounding areas a lot. He was in Velisca a lot. Got it. He was also a sexual predator.
0: Oh, God, I hate him.
1: Yeah, he's kind of the worst. Uh, People said he was pretty mentally unwell and not very fun to be around. He was just very sporadic. And he, turns out, was in Velisca the night of the murders. Hmm. And he actually Hmm. attended the Children's Day service. That the Moors and the Stillinger girls went to and performed in.
0: Interesting.
1: The night of the murders. Yeah. And this Children's Day service was his reason for being in town. And obviously at this Children's Day service, the whole Moore family and the Stillinger girls were very visible because Sarah ran the whole thing. The Moore children and the Stillinger girls performed in it. Yeah. So, you know, everybody there knew who they were. But the next morning, Kelly left... At dawn, well before the bodies were found, on a train.
0: Interesting.
1: He left on a train at 5.20 a.m. And remember, last episode, they theorized that the killer was in the house between midnight and 5 a.m. Yes. He left the house at 5 a.m. Took a train at 5.20 maybe? Huh. While he was on the train, he spoke to an elderly couple. Okay. And he said... Did you hear about that horrible axe murder in of what?
0: that What? This hadn't been out yet, right?
1: Yeah, no. No one had found it out yet.
0: Oh, shit.
1: However, however, mm-hmm. this seems weird because they didn't find the bodies until 8 a.m. Right. This was at 520. Right. But the more that they were questioned about it, the elderly couple couldn't be sure if it was that day or a different day.
0: Ah, damn it.
1: I know. If it was that day, that'd be crazy, though. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Didn't they have,
0: I don't know, I guess maybe not then, like, proof of who got who bought tickets?
1: I guess not. I mean, Villisca was yeah. a train town, so people were taking trains, like, every day. So I'm not sure. But then, they, you know, they couldn't be exactly sure of the date, which was so frustrating. Dang it. Yeah. So this reverend was well known around Velisca for being a peeping Tom.
0: Oh, gross. Yeah. And was oh. actually. What? Uh, I was going to say, if he's known around town for being. I don't want to step on your toes, though. No, you're making a good point. Bring... Talk about it. If he is known for being a peeping Tom and somebody was living in the little barn shed thing and there was a hole to see in the house. Yep. Okay. Yep.
1: Yep. You're, you'd be right on that one, Mom. Okay. <laughs> Kelly was known to be a peeping Tom in Velisca. Gross.
0: <sighs>
1: Men, disgusting. Yes. Yes. And he was actually caught doing this two nights before the murders in Velisca. Oh. Yeah. And then he came back to Velisca a week after the murder, and people said he was absolutely obsessed. With the murders. He's, uh, he's, he's guilty right now. Well, we have to get there.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know.
1: He was so obsessed that he wanted so badly to get into the crime scene that he posed as a Scotland Yard detective. What? Because he's got that British accent. Yes. And he, it worked. He got in the crime scene. He got an entire tour. Oh my
0: an lord. An entire
1: tour by the investigators of the entire house.
0: Because I'm sure a Scotland Yard detective would come all the way to the U.S. just to look at this.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're totally interested in this. What a piece of shit. He got the tour and walked through everything, which is absolutely disgusting if he did yeah. do this. And he just got to, like, relive it and, like, go back and see everything. Yes, and absolutely. Hey, welcome. And during... This tour. He told the investigators leading the tour that he knew what happened. He was just so smart. He knew it. What? He knew what happened. And then a couple other little weird coincidences. They thought that the killer might be left-handed and pretty small.
0: I do remember that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And Kelly was both left-handed and ah. fairly small for a man. Okay. Also, very soon after the murders, he sent bloody clothes of his to a cleaner in his hometown. What the
0: fuck? I mean like how bloody? This is I don't eight know. people. But
1: that's literally I mean, that's what I was thinking too. Like if it was if it was that many people and he's the one that did it, he, his clothes had to be soaked. Right. But I don't know. I Okay. I have no idea. I just know that bloody clothes were sent to a dry cleaner. Okay. So once investigators found this out and like started putting the little pieces together. They put him under surveillance, but nothing was ever really done, at least not for a little bit. Okay. Two years later, he was arrested for something different. Mm. He was arrested because he put an ad in the paper looking to hire a female typist. Kay. And someone wrote to him, being like, hey, I'm a female typist. I'm looking for a job, you know, as a normal person would, would do. If you see an ad in the
0: paper, you would write back. Yeah, except nowadays you can't say female, but okay, go ahead. Right, right. <laughs> HR. HR. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so he responded to her inquiry with some pretty nasty stuff.
0: Oh, God. Okay.
1: It was so disgusting. That when he went to trial about it, the judge would not allow the contents of the letter to be put in the record.
0: Oh my god.
1: So you don't even have that? No. I know the gist. Okay. The gist is that he she was required to type naked. What a fucking
0: douchebag.
1: And I'm sure there was other stuff in there if it was so bad that the judge was oh. like, no. Oh,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. But I don't want to know it, so. I probably don't either, honestly. Because yeah. that would, mm. anyway. So he was put into a hospital for a little
1: while. And then later he was released.
0: Of course he was.
1: It wasn't until after he was released from the hospital that the investigators began to seriously pick up on his suspicious activity. So in 1917, this happened in 1912. Five years later, 1917, he was arrested and charged only with the murder of Lena Stillinger. Why? We'll get there. Okay. When he was asked about the murders, he confessed. He did? And he said, I killed the children upstairs first (gasps) and the children downstairs last. Oh, God. I knew God wanted me to do it this way. What? Slay Utterly came to my mind, and I picked up the axe went into the house, and killed them. What the fuck? So this is what he said at the police station.
0: Oh my god.
1: Later, he said, no. I was coerced into that confession. Oh, okay. Which is very likely and very definitely happened. Really? Like The police beat him into a confession. Which doesn't mean that it is a false confession.
0: Well, no, but... But... What the fuck? Still, This yeah. whole thing is just fucked from yeah. the start.
1: Yeah. The main reason they wanted to take this to trial was because in his confession, he said that he killed Lena last. Mm-hmm. And the investigators knew that to be true because of the whole crime scene and everything. Right. So they were like, how would he know that if he wasn't there? Well, the thing is, he did get that entire
0: tour. Oh, he did. Where the
1: investigators kind of floated some of their theories. And even if he didn't, there were so many people in that house that saw what happened and heard investigators talk about it that it could have had been spread from anywhere, literally.
0: True, yep.
1: Because of that confession, they only charged him with Lena's murder because they believed that, this is this is rough. Okay. They believe that he killed the entire house just to get to Lena. What? Because he was a sexual predator.
0: Oh, and she was how old again?
1: 12. She was 12. Wow. That's why people think that he did that. That They think that's his motive.
0: Just so disgusting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> Kelly was also staying in a fellow reverend's home the night of the murders. And so they're like, well, he was in town and they talked to that other reverend that he stayed in the home with, but that other reverend was not in the home that night. So he can't confirm that Kelly was there all night. Okay. So he really didn't have an alibi or anything. Kelly went to trial for Lena's murder, but the jury was hung 11 Mm. to one. 11 people wanted to acquit him. One person wanted to convict him. What? Okay. They did another trial and the entire jury acquitted him and he was free to go.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: And the reason that they did that is because of the coerced confession, which I do. He was coerced. I'm not trying to.
0: He so was. So that's is like proven that he was coerced. Yes. Okay. But again. I mean, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make, mean that he's not guilty. You're right. It doesn't. But it was still a horrible thing. But I just feel like it's another piece of all the bullshit that went into this that stopped them from finding the yeah, convicting and finding whoever fucking did this shit. Yeah. I mean, 8 people and 6 of them are children. I you know. So
1: people really did believe that his confession was false because of the coercion. Okay. So he was just free to go.
0: And I'm not really sure what happened to him as a Juror, I can't say what I would have said because I wasn't there to listen to all the evidence, but.
1: Right. Um, and he was the only person who was ever tried for these murders. Really? And he was let go. <sighs> so that is Reverend Kelly. Okay. Now we're going to talk about a man named Frank Jones. Okay. Frank Jones was a local businessman in Villisca. He was the most successful in town. He was a banker. He was also a salesman. He had his own car dealership. He was a state senator. Wow. He, he was very upstanding. He had a lot going on. And everybody in Velisca just loved him. He never drank. He went to church. He never swore. You know, he he led oh, an impressive just life. Makes him an angel good. right there. Well, yeah, of course. But, you know, <laughs> back in the day, yes. everyone was like, oh, he's so... Godly. Right. (laughs) I don't know. And because it was a dry town, you know, I don't know. He actually wrote legislation that is still used in Iowa today. Oh. And he helped develop the Iowa Department of Transportation. Okay. He was also a teacher at one point, and he sat on the Board of Education, the State Board of Education. He advocated for prison reform and also advocated for land conservation and producing less waste. Oh, okay. I know. Good things. Yes. Yeah. So, so far, Frank Jones seems like a pretty good guy. So far. (laughs) He was very well known. Everybody loved him. He was super involved in church and all that. Um, And I mentioned before that Frank was a salesman.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, you did. (laughs) But what did he sell? What did he sell? What did he sell? What did Frank sell? Well, of course, he sold. Farm equipment. Farm equipment. Okay.
1: But who else sold farm equipment?
0: Ah, yes. Joe Moore sold Joe equipment. Joe sold farm equipment. And Frank was
1: actually Joe's employer for several years. At the previous place? At the previous place. Hmm. What do you know about that? <laughs> exactly. Frank and Joe got very close while they worked together. Frank saw Joe as like his left-hand man. He taught him everything about the business, and he just really started to rely on him. Mm. And then Joe left, Mm -hmm. and when he left, he took the John Deere account with him. Yeah, Frank's probably pissed. Immediately, that caused some tension between the men. They were a little mad at each other, and people actually said if they were walking on the same side of the street, one of them would cross so they wouldn't have to talk to each other. Really? Which back then, (laughs) I mean, even now, hilarious. Back then, it was like, you're supposed to shake hands and greet everybody and, you know, be on, whatever. But, of course, this rivalry isn't really reason enough to be like, oh, he definitely killed Joe and his entire family and those two other girls.
0: Absolutely. Because I have people that I... Can't fucking stand and would definitely cross the street in order to avoid.
1: For sure. Me too.
0: But I'm not going to go kill her entire family.
1: Exactly. (laughs) However. Oh, God. The John Deere thing was not the only vendetta that Frank had against Joe. Oh. Apparently, Joe Moore, our dad of the family, Mm -hmm. was not always a faithful husband.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't deserve murder, but.
1: I know. Not at all. Mm-mm. He was having an affair with Frank's daughter-in-law, oh, Donna. God, okay. who was married to Frank's son, Albert. Oh shit! Yeah, oh shit. Mm. Donna was known to have several affairs, even though mm. she was married to Albert. Um, everyone really liked Donna. She was a. I I would to the morbid episode about this, and the girls <laughs> said um, that people in the town said she was a high stepper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. She's like, she's reaching for the stars, you know, she's trying to climb the social ladder. Right.
0: Yeah. Go Donna, but maybe not, maybe not Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but a-
1: according to a lot of people, her husband, Albert, was n- also not great.
0: Uh, I mean, honestly, that doesn't surprise me.
1: As far as I know, he wasn't like abusive or anything crazy like that. Good. Um, but he was a spoiled rich kid. Yeah. Who- uh. He deserved anything, anytime, no matter what, even if he didn't work for it. Love those guys. Oh, they're they're so fun. So yeah, fun. it's just the best. Everyone said that he was, like, in general, just very rude, not a nice guy, and they also said he was ugly, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, just, okay? Just adds to it, right? <laughs> I don't, I, I've never seen a picture of Albert, so I cannot say. okay. okay. I cannot confirm. But people in town said that he was ugly. People in town also said that Joe Moore was very attractive.
0: Okay. So do you know what Joe Moore looks like? Joe Moore was okay. Okay. At the time, I guess. I not my type. I mean, I will also say like your personality kind of makes you more or less attractive too. Exactly. Too.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Donna was known for her beauty. She was like a the starlet of the town. Ah, okay. So you might be wondering, well, what is this beautiful, gorgeous starlet doing with ugly Albert? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't call him ugly Albert. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: what? It- <laughs> I mean, that's what people called him, not that's you. What people said, "Okay, he all said- those people are dead
1: today." She's
0: so a picture of him.
1: <laughs> it's okay, guys. Calm down. So you may be wondering why would she marry this guy? Mm-hmm. Well, of course he was in. He was going to inherit his family's business and all their mm-hmm.
0: money. He's a jackass and ugly, but he's got money.
1: He's got money, and sometimes a girl has to get that bag. If you <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying?
0: Bring me a sugar daddy, all right?
1: <laughs> I'm already, call- I'm already spoken for. So
0: yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, except to, except for Zach Efron. But
1: go ahead. Of course, of course, he is your sugar daddy. mm
0: Hmm for sure.
1: So Donna was known to be very flirty. She always threw these huge parties and she just wanted to have fun and have money. And me too.
0: <laughs> same girl, same.
1: same. But people thought she was like a woman of questionable morals. Oh no. Because like back in back in the day, you know. I mean, I think me and Donna would have gotten along. I think we would have been besties. Yeah. Even though she apparently met with like a lot of guys, she met with Joe the most. Mm. And it was starting to become known by people around them. Oh,
0: so they weren't really hiding it. No. Okay. Not really.
1: So this is where people get the idea that Frank wanted to kill Joe. Got it. But at the time of the murders, he was 57 years old.
0: Okay. Which doesn't seem
1: very old to us. No. But- in 1912, he was like elderly, you know, <laughs> right? Like, like, there wasn't medicine that could help keep right healthy back then. And you know, medicine he was like,
0: vitamins and all of that stuff, right. right? Yeah,
1: people were like, Oh, he's 57, he's near the end, you know, right.
0: got one foot in the ground,
1: exactly. But right. even if he did have this vendetta against Joe, too, it's still like. It's not a reason for killing someone in their entire family.
0: Exactly. I mean. And two more girls. Not that I can ever understand murder. Unless fucking somebody's coming after my kids. Then you better all just fucking watch out. Yep. But. I'm a bear. Th- this man, I could imagine him saying, you're ruining my son's life by having an affair with his wife. So I will come after You. Yeah, exactly. But to come after his wife and mm-hmm. their six children and two mm-hmm. other children. No. Like that's Exactly. That's fucking unhinged.
1: That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. But people also speculated that Frank and Albert hired someone to kill the whole family and like oh. So we're gonna get into this, we're gonna get into some okay. some deep theory here. Okay. Right? It's gonna get a little complicated.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So people thought Frank and Albert hired someone to kill Joe. Okay. The person who came up with this theory was James Wilkerson. Okay. He was a private detective who showed up on the scene of the murders. And he was the one to come up with this idea. He worked on this theory for four years after the murders. Oh, Trying damn. to piece all the all the pieces together. He was really invested in this theory. Okay. And it all kind of came forward and came to the forefront of everything when Frank Jones was up for reelection
0: mm. and
1: Wilkerson made and passed out flyers about his theory saying like, do you really want to vote for someone who hired, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. So blaming Jones for the murder and urging people don't vote for this guy. He's a murderer. And he even had the name of the person he thought was the hitman. Wow. Basically, he was just doing his best to get Jones out of office. He was right. super invested in this theory. He really believed in it. And it worked. Jones lost the reelection.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Unfortunately. Wilkerson said that the hitman was a man named William Mansfield. So he okay. thinks Mansfield actually killed them, and Joe or um, Frank and Albert hired him. Okay. James Manfield was a known coke addict.
0: Wow, did coke exist back then?
1: I guess. <laughs> um, maybe, it, coke's probably always been around. I don't
0: know, okay.
1: And he was in prison the time of the re-election, so four years after the murders. Got it. He was known to be very violent, he was known to be very unpredictable, and he was also the prime suspects of a, the prime suspect of a different murder.
0: Mm. The murder
1: of his wife <gasps> and her two parents, oh, and their child. Oh my God! What in Illinois, piece of shit. And those <sighs> people were killed with an axe.
0: Oh, all in the same night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: So Wilkerson believed that Mansfield was actually responsible for a bunch of other axe murders because there was a ton of axe murders back then, like a lot. What the hell? That was like the thing. If you were going to kill someone, do it with an axe. I don't know. It was trendy. I don't know. (laughs) Well, also like everyone's chopping wood back then. Everyone's got an axe just laying in their backyard, you know? I
0: guess it was convenient back then. Yeah.
1: Oh God,
0: that's so awful.
1: So Wilkerson convinced a grand jury to look into the case uh, that he had made against Mansfield and Jones. And they did. They looked at all the evidence that Wilkerson collected. They heard his theories. They even talked to Mansfield, who was in prison at the time. But they didn't believe his theories and they let Mansfield go. Oh, not go because he was still in prison, but they weren't going to charge him for this. And when they actually, when they looked into the case, whenever Wilkerson brought it forward to them, they looked into it a little more themselves and found that Mansfield couldn't have done it because he was actually in Illinois working at the time and he had the timestamp to prove it.
0: And I was going to ask, like, how did they know that he was in, in, wait, hold on, where are we? Iowa versus Iowa. Illinois yeah. during these, this time. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wilkerson was still not done. He was pissed about Mansfield and Jones not being charged and he started to hold rallies hmm. and speeches. Okay. Telling people that Jones orchestrated the murders, Mansfield carried them out, and he really just wanted the people behind him to pressure the grand jury to take up the case again. He even said that Jones used his political power and his money to bribe the jury into dropping the case. Hmm. Later, Jones sued Wilkerson for slander. Okay. <laughs>
0: because God, this thing is so, like all over the place a, it's a mess
1: it's a mess okay this part's a mess
0: they <laughs> need a flow chart at it's some necessary
1: point. it's necessary to hear all of it okay jones frank jones sued wilkerson for slander the guy who was trying to frame him for the whole thing right so the case went to court and basically became a murder trial it wasn't an actual murder trial okay. because it was a slander case right. but it basically became a murder trial because wilkerson was trying to prove that he wasn't slandering him because he was telling the truth uh-huh. Got it. and that Jones actually did kill the Moors or okay. have them killed. And that he had witnesses like come to the stand and talk. And one of his witnesses was Alice Willard, who was just some random girl in town. Okay. And she lived a block away from the Moors. And she said, two days before the murders, she saw strange men walking around the Moors' home. And then she said later that night, her and her friend Ed saw five strange men gather and said one of them was Frank Jones. Hmm. And she said she heard Frank Jones say, get Joe first and the rest will come easy. What? So of course, she's saying that she saw these guys with her friend Ed. Right. So the court is like, okay, let's talk to Ed. Like, let's confirm this. Yeah. But Alice was like, oh, he died last year. (laughs) This was like five years after the murder. So the court went to look for Ed's records. But guess what? Ed did not exist.
0: Of course he didn't.
1: He was not real. She's
0: flat out lying.
1: She was just flat out lying. It is insane to me how many people can just lie about this stuff. And for what? For what? reason. Like, what is this getting her? Exactly. I will tell you my theory about why she did this in a second. Okay. At the end of the trial, they decided Frank is not a murderer, and Wilkerson paid a heavy fine to Frank. Okay. But people today are still even convinced that Frank was innocent. Okay. However, Wilkerson- was found out to be doing some really sketchy shit.
0: I was wondering about him actually. (laughs) Oh, this guy makes me laugh.
1: (laughs) So in Kansas, there had been a murder of a teacher and the police knew exactly who did it. They had solid proof. They had evidence. They knew this was the guy that did it. They had all the evidence they need. They just needed to find him to capture him. Okay. So the police contacted Wilkerson's Detective agency, private detective agency, and sought outside help. Um, Wilkerson was like, yeah, of course, like, I would love to help out. What's the prize? What? What's the prize money? How much is it? But the police were like, what? No, there is no prize money. We have the evidence. We know who it is. We just need to help find him. Like, there's no prize money, you know? Just maybe out of the kindness of your heart, like, please.
0: Please. I don't know. I mean, the guy's a private detective, right? Yeah.
1: Like so I'm sure he was getting I'm sure he was getting paid in some way through his agency. Right. But he wasn't getting the prize money from the police and he was pissed off. Hmm. Instead of helping capture the guy that definitely killed this woman. He went on a rampage
0: to prove the guy's innocence. What the fuck? So he's going to spend all this time mm-hmm. just Because he didn't get money. Yep.
1: He wanted to convince people that this guy didn't do it, even though he very clearly did. Everybody knew. They had solid evidence. And he did it just to spite the police because they would not give him money. However, luckily, his plan did not work. Good. The murderer was imprisoned. Good. And the murderer even came out later and said that Wilkerson approached him with a scheme to frame someone else for the murder. Oh, my God. So, Wilkerson is not
0: really a reliable source of information. No, I, I kind of just, I don't know. He gave me a bad feeling from the beginning.
1: Yeah. So, going back to Alice in the slander trial, who said that she saw all those guys. Yeah. I think that Wilkerson convinced her into doing that. Oh, I'm sure he did. Somehow. Dribed her with money or something.
0: Absolutely. I was going to say it had to be money. Of course. People do shady shit for money.
1: They really do. And I do not believe in any way that Frank Jones had anything to do with the murder of the Moors. I
0: don't think so either.
1: Everybody said, everybody that knew him said that he was such a great person. And even though they had a couple like rivalry, he wasn't going to like kill eight
0: people over it. My arch nemesis. I'm not going to go murder her and seven other people just to get back at her. Yeah. Like, what
1: What the fuck? No, literally. That was Frank Jones. Okay. Now we're going to talk about one more very briefly because- <sighs> Okay. this was also, I just had to include this guy. Okay. It's not going to take very long.
0: No, take as much this time man, as you
1: want. <laughs> this man is Burt McCall. Burt? Burt okay. McCall. Bert
0: McCall. Okay.
1: And he was not well-liked in Villisca. Mm. Remember, this was a dry town, and he drank a lot.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He gambled. He was known to be really aggressive. And he managed a pool hall. So everyone was like, oh, he's so shady.
0: Oh, and like so
1: shady. You know, which he he kind of was.
0: <laughs> well, the pool hall and the drinking does not make him shady. I'm sure he could have been shady you know, in other ways.
1: He was shady in other ways, and I'll talk about it. Okay. He was trying to get into car sales. Okay. And so he was trying to get close to Frank Jones because he wanted to get in the car sales business. Frank Jones is in the car sales business. At the time that the Moores and the Stillinger girls were found, Bert was out of town. Okay. But he came running back to Velisca as soon as he heard about the murders. And just like many other gross people, he immediately tried to get into the house. But he was turned away several times because they were like, no, you can't come in here. You're just some random guy. Right. So Bert used some of his contacts, his drinking buddy contacts, and called in a commander and said, hey, I want to get into this house to look around. And the commander was like, yeah, okay. And so they let him in. Okay. He's a
0: stranger. He's just a, like a random dude. He's
1: a random guy.
0: Why does he need to he be in there?
1: for all i know he didn't even know the moors so he was in the house i'm gonna say something graphic okay this is the man who took the piece of joe's skull Mm. and he kept it what the fuck and then months after the murders he displayed it at the pool hall
0: what (sighs) i i have no fucking words like
1: yeah i know this guy was gross this guy was gross Hmm. And I, I need to look into it more, but I don't know what happened to that piece of Joe's skull. Yeah, where did that I go? I really hope it was returned to his body and his family. I'll look into that
0: because I really do want to know. It's known that he has it, so mm-hmm. I would hope it was returned. I hope
1: eventually they got it. Back. In some way. yeah, yeah. I would hope so. I'll look into it. And I'll let you know, because okay. I would really like to know that. Okay. Um, he was also apparently one of the five guys that Alice lied about and said that she saw with Frank. I think she just kind of threw him in there because she was like, yeah, he's a sketchy character. We'll say we'll yeah, him. He's
0: sketchy anyway. It's fine. He's
1: shady Anyway, it's okay. But nothing nothing came of this. Um, he wasn't really considered a suspect. I mean, some people still theorized that he was, but he wasn't really seriously any suspect because there was nothing else to really tie him to the case at right. all.
0: I mean, if he was out of town right. when it happened, that's, I mean, right well, there. he was out of
1: town when they were
0: found. Oh, okay.
1: So that is the theories. Okay. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm going to go back to what I said originally. I don't remember the guy's name now. Not the woman. That's absolutely chaotic. Neighbor out of it. No way. She did not do this.
1: Yeah. You are talking about George Kelly? Yes. Yes.
0: Reverend George. Wait a minute. What? Wasn't that Machine Gun Kelly's name, too? It was, but they weren't the same people. No, but that's weird. <laughs> that he- is funny. I never thought
1: about that. Well, because he that. has so many names, so I never called him just George yeah, Kelly. he had, like,
0: five different names. He had, like,
1: four names. Hold on. Let me find it. Reverend Lynn George
0: Jacqueline Kelly. Yeah, he's the one. He is the yeah, one. Yeah, I think so, too. He I is- think so, too. I don't care if the confession was coerced. And this is my opinion, and so y'all can just, like form your own opinions but i don't care if it was coerced he had specific details Mm -hmm. a history that aligned with this so i mean yeah i think it's yeah
1: i i think it's him too i mean i'm i'm no expert on the case by any means
0: yeah Uh, but me neither
1: from everything that i've heard There's too many coincidences surrounding him.
0: Right. I agree.
1: So I think it's him.
0: I think it's him too.
1: I don't think it's Frank Jones. I think Frank Jones
0: was just a good guy. You know, if Frank Jones wanted to get back at him, like I said, like, I feel like Frank Jones would have gone other ways. I don't, I don't foresee him and I don't know him obviously, but I don't, I don't foresee him killing all of those people, especially the children. I know. His beef was with Frank. Horrible. Exactly. His beef beef was with Joe, right? Joe,
1: oh, Yes.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, how am I getting all these names confused?
1: There was I, a lot of names in this episode.
0: It was, like I said, I felt like I needed like a, a diagram there. <laughs> I don't feel like even if even if he wanted to murder him, he wouldn't then try to turn around and murder his wife and his all of those and children, everybody
1: else in that house
0: because of an affair and a business deal, like. What's, yeah. that, what's that going to do? Exactly. It's not going to get That's him That's just, it's
1: not, it's not reason enough in my
0: opinion. Yeah, I don't see that.
1: I mean, I don't think anything is reason enough to no. kill eight people randomly, but no, no you absolutely know. absolutely not. So. Okay. That is the Velisca Axe Murders Parts 1 and 2, and we never have to do another Velisca Axe Murder episode.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> because there's a so lot. I'm sure i will come up with something just as awful.
1: I had 20 pages of notes for this. Holy cow. I know. I was like writing an essay. That's more than I did when I was in school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Yeah. because you which one I'm more dedicated to. Because I did this voluntarily out of the goodness of my heart. Clearly, yes.
0: We're not even getting paid for this. No, no, no payment. I mean, we have nothing. Our- just Patreon, which just thank fun. you. Thank you. We love you, patrons, yes, because you do help us to, to keep this going. But wow, that was a lot. Thank you. All right. Okay, now we got to give you, uh, we're going to give you a couple things here just at the end because we didn't fit it into the beginning. And if you're still here after over an hour, um, this is probably our longest episode, actually. Probably, yeah. Uh, Christian, actually, who is Abigail's youngest brother and my youngest child, the other day was asking me, what's the longest episode you've ever done? And I said, well, we had two that were one minute or one hour and one minute. And we are now at an hour and 20 minutes Some of this will probably be edited out, obviously, but I think this is going to be our longest.
1: I think so, too.
0: The other day, uh, yesterday, actually, I went to, what's that place you get coffee? Starbucks. Starbucks.
1: (laughs) What's that place you get coffee?
0: (laughs) And I thought, oh, you know, like, I kind of, if I could equate, like, our patrons as just buying one of us a Starbucks every month, you know. If you just Dude. start it, if you just start at like the five dollar level, and you're just like, oh, I would love that. I'm just gonna buy you a Starbucks every month. And then I got the total, <sighs> so nice. and it was like six dollars and fifty cents. And I was like, Oh, okay, that wouldn't even co- cover Starbucks. But <laughs> if you want to like contribute to our Starbucks coffee, not really. It's it's, gonna it's mainly gonna go to probably gonna
1: getting- go to. Probably getting
0: a new laptop after all these technical difficulties.
1: Probably. I I need one. So
0: we can continue this podcast. Yes. So go to patreon.com slash roadside. And as we said earlier, this week's bonus episode for all of our beautiful patrons is the smallest cemetery in Indiana.
1: I'm excited about it.
0: Which after we're done recording this, we're going to record that immediately. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then you can visit our socials. TikTok. Visit at- our socials. TikTok at Roadside Podcast. Go, Abigail. Instagram at Roadside Pod. Facebook at Roadside Podcast.
1: And you can email us at RoadsidePodcast at gmail.com, right?
0: No. Roadside Pod at gmail.com. Shit. <laughs> so go to YouTube at Roadside Pod.
1: Yeah. That's where you'll see these beautiful faces right here.
0: Or just go to roadsidepodcast.com and then everything's there for you because we fuck it up sometimes. Sorry.
1: We do. We do. (laughs) We really do.
0: Or it's also, it's all in the show notes too.
1: It is. Yes. So just, you know, scroll down a little bit. You'll be fine.
0: Got everything you need.
1: All right. Love you all. Peace. See you soon. Bye. Goodbye.